This is a Federal News Network podcast. The board overseeing the Federal Thrift Savings Plan has been working for six months to fix bugs in its plan holder website launched last June. Many functions have indeed improved. Customers say there's still some work to be done for an update and what they're planning for 2023. The board's external affairs director, Kim Weaver. Ms. Weaver, good to have you on. Thanks, Tom. Nice to be here. How does the board feel? What is the board's assessment of the state of that portal for plan holders at this point as we begin 2023? First of all, I want to correct a common misconception. This was not just an updating of the website. This was a wholesale transition from our record keeping system, the actual software that holds all the information, programs, all the tax requirements, loan requirements, withdrawal requirements, all of that and switched it to a different system. So, you know, a lot of people think it was just sort of a refresh of the website, and it was far more fundamental than that. And it bought us and our participants more features and more security. But with it, as you say, came some dissatisfaction. And the problems at the call center, people waiting on hold for unacceptably long periods of time. That was corrected in mid-August, and we're now hovering between 20, 25 seconds to answer a phone call, which is a reasonable length of time. Right. I think your latest pie charts of summary of results for the latest month, I believe would have been November, showed the bulk of questions are answered online without a phone call. Yes. And that's the other thing that we have added. Those are the new features is we have a bot, which, you know, many websites have, which just answers sort of routine questions. And then we also have during business hours live to chat. If you don't want to call and a lot of people, especially younger people, prefer texting or typing to actually interacting with a human, you can correspond with a live agent, a real human, and get answers to your questions. And a lot of that is happening. And in addition, people are completing a lot of their transactions online. All right. And so what do you plan to do then next? Is it all completely the way you want it? No, it isn't. One of the things that I think the most frequent request that we get is to be able to change the amount of your monthly withdrawal online. That was something that we introduced in the fall of 2019 to our previous system And people found it very convenient to be able to go in and on any given day determine that they would get a different amount the following month. That was not a functionality of the system that rolled out on June 1st. It is something we are looking at to bring back. I don't have a time frame to announce here, but it is something that we know will address a big portion of the complaints that our participants have. Is there a question as to whether they could be out of compliance with IRS rules if they can't easily change the withdrawal? No, because the TSP at the end of any calendar year, if you are of an age to be required to take a required minimum distribution and you have not taken that dollar amount by December, we will send you a check. You don't have to ask because the tax penalties are stiff to say the least. Sure. We take the steps to make sure our participants are not in jeopardy of that. And just out of curiosity, I'm not at that age yet, or I am at that age, I'm just not doing it yet. Do some of the private 401k operators do that also, like the fidelities and so on? You know, I don't know. 
I, I do not know if there's automatic, well, actually based on a sample size of one, my father, no, they don't because that's how I know this tax penalties are stiff. We do it. I don't know what private sector plans do. All right. We're speaking with Kim Weaver. She's Director of External Affairs at the Federal Retirement Thrift Investment Board. And the other issue that came up recently was that people can't see the whole history of their growth and additions and subtractions of the TSP going back decades in some cases. That data is available. It is not available as live data. And it's not available as live data because to transport that over and to protect it would have cost money and added additional security risk. And we looked at people's usage of that information. It's not that we just made the decision willy-nilly. We looked at usage and determined that it was not sufficient to outweigh the costs and risks of transferring over live data. What is available online are the year-end balances for the last 10 years and your transactions from June 1st forward. And additionally, I've seen comments that say that people could get information going back to, you know, 1987, the inception of the TSP. And that was not available online previously. There is a limit to how much data you can carry in any given system. Yeah, I wonder what else people imagine they could do before June 1st. (laughs) And uh, getting back to looking ahead, what are some of the other plans for enhancement of the system and the site? Our contractor is looking and we are looking at customer satisfaction. And the contractor has already made some changes when you log into your TSP My account to address people's desires to see their options, to access various features of their account. Those are now at the very top as as a banner at the top. So you don't have to scroll down. You can simply look up and see your you know, account summary or account history. And it's right there. And I maybe I know account summary is right. Account history may be the wrong title for it, but it's now at the very top. So people can just access it right away. And we and they are going to continue to look at people's responses and comments. And we're taking them seriously and making changes. The other thing we're doing is continually doing quality control for our call centers, because especially early on, we know that participants weren't getting necessarily either complete or wholly accurate information. And that was a product largely of new call centers, new representatives learning the system, learning the plan. And we're now fully six months in. So what we're doing is, and what they're doing, is continued training and continued quality assurance to make sure that when participants call in, they get informed representatives who give them the full and complete answer. And by the way, does the TSP have its own call centers? You don't share a call center with someone helping with tech support for radios or something? They're dedicated to us. The representatives who are working on TSP calls are working on TSP calls alone. All right. So uh, anything else we need to know about uh, 2023? I mean, you can't make the stock market return back. No, that is outside of our control. (laughs) If we could do that, boy, would we be something. We're just going to continue to iterate and make improvements uh, to address issues that we find and to make it better for our participants. Always. That's always our goal. Kim Weaver is Director of External Affairs at the Federal Retirement Thrift Investment Board. Thanks so much. Thanks, Tom. 
And we'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Add the Federal Drive to your portfolio. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Leadership today, especially within the federal workforce, is being tested more than ever before. Sean Ferguson, Senior Vice President of Government Relations and Chief of Staff to the Office of the Chairman at the Special Olympics, joins host Shane Canfield, CEO of WEPA, to discuss the importance of leadership, inclusion, and community building. To learn more about how you can get involved with the Special Olympics in your community, visit specialolympics.org slash get involved. Hello, and welcome to the Lessons in Leadership podcast. What are some of the biggest lessons that you've learned working with that community? Oh, uh, yeah, almost, uh, Shane, it's almost immeasurable. The things I've learned since I've been with Special Olympics. I um, One of the things that drew me to Special Olympics uh, when I made the move over from, from the NFL uh, was that my mother, my grandmother, my aunt all took care of, of people with intellectual disabilities and, and, and physical disabilities as well. So all of my life, I was uh, interacting and around um, usually usually young people, but also adults with disabilities. And so I, I knew that I knew that work a bit. You know, they they basically were in d- direct care. And and I will say, and on a, obviously we'll say about my my family, my mother, my aunt, my grandmother, they're saints. Uh, but uh, the the men and women that do take care of people with uh, pr- profound disabilities are are really um, you know we we can't do enough to salute them. Um, they're they're really heroes, and um, so I was I was drawn when I I and I just saw that you know Special Olympics was looking for someone, and I thought well you know I'll take a look at it and see, see you know throw send in my information, and lo and behold I I, I get hired, and um, I learn uh, every day almost something from especially from our athletes. Uh, we're blessed to have a number of athletes that work here in our office in Washington D.C. and you know, uh, Terrell, who who works in in our mailroom, who comes by with packages and deliveries. Uh, if you're having a day that's you know getting away from you and you, you <laughs> coffee hasn't kicked in, but Terrell comes by, always happy, always enthused, uh, has a has a good story. Like it can just turn a day around for you. And 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 you think of I I you know often when he'll walk away, I'll be like you know whatever was bothering me or whatever is you know stressing me out. And come on, you know, like look at look at Terrell. Like he, he he faces everything with optimism, and 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 I've seen that also in our going to competitions in throughout the United States and globally. You see people who have had everything stacked against them. You know, their parents when they were born were often told this is a tragedy, and you should you should you know send your this child away. Don't don't you know and, and kind of forget about them. Get, turn them over to the state or or wherever. And and you know that you know just kind of watch, watch your hands of it. Um, and 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 in in these cases, the parents didn't do that, thankfully. Um, and but they've still faced enormous challenges. You know, and but you see them out competing on the basketball courts or the football fields or swimming, and uh, and and you know, besting their times from, from their last competition. And they're so committed and just keep fighting through all the obstacles that they've had in front of them that are not just on the sports field, but also in growing up and finding education and finding groups to be part of and trying to find jobs. And, and, and I've seen so much perseverance and grit uh, from the athletes of special Olympics that, uh, 
I, I, Tim Shriver, my boss, the chairman, uh, says all the time, and I couldn't agree with him more, uh, we get more than we give uh, working with Special Olympics. It, you know, we, and thank you for your very kind words about the work I do and we do, but but we're the lucky ones. We, those of us that work here are the lucky ones because I, I said to someone the other day, you know, the things that I've been able to see and experience with athletes, you just don't get to do that anywhere. That, that you know, it's a, and it's so unique and it's so uh, joyful. And, and uh, I mean, we work hard and, you know, we, we're up against, you know, the things that nonprofits are up against and, you know, the, you know, the issues of the day, but uh, man, you see it, it and, and, and the inclusion and the, at Special Olympics, no one's excluded. You know, no, right. no one's excluded. Everyone yeah. is equal at Special Olympics. It, and, you know, in a country that's quite divided on so many lines, politically and uh, socially, uh, economically, race and uh, sexual orientation and whatnot, but you go to Special Olympics and everyone's involved, everyone's welcome, everyone's equal. And I've learned that it's a model for our country and for our world. Uh, I, I just think that that if if people were involved in Special Olympics and experience the power of Special Olympics for themselves, I, I, I can't imagine that one help our country and help our world um, to experience that true inclusion and acceptance of difference. How, how do we get, how can listeners get involved in Special Olympics? Ways to get involved? Uh, tons of ways. So uh, volunteers, obviously, coaches, officials, um, and, and the thing that, that, that uh, Tim Shriver has done uh, and really pushed in the years that he's been chairman is the unified sports model that, that I mentioned earlier, um, where people, and, and it doesn't have to be, uh, it's not just school age, it's, it's uh, you know, we say nine to 99 or uh, year old uh, folks uh, that play on teams, uh, bowl together, golf together, play soccer, basketball together. Uh, people with and without intellectual disabilities competing on teams together. Um, and that is, I, I think, when you when you go back to the founding of, of our organization, what Mrs. Tri- Mrs. Shriver was trying to do uh, was to, to uh, create inclusion opportunities for people with intellectual disabilities. And you see it at these unified sports events where people with and without are playing together. We still have traditional uh, teams where it's all people with intellectual disabilities competing with other uh, teams, all intellectual disabilities. But this model of inclusive sports and inclusive leadership programs and whatnot, I think is truly revolutionizing and changing the way people see uh, others with intellectual disabilities. That's just like, I mean, that's what we that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to bring people together and bridge difference and, and, and celebrate differences and that our athletes, man, are some of the grittiest people that you will meet. And, and, uh, and there's a lot to learn from our athletes and playing sports with them and interacting is, is how you'll learn it. Check us out, uh, you know, uh, specialolympics.org on, on our website, uh, that will link you to your local program. You can follow through the, the clicks of how to get involved and where, what's closest to you. You'll enjoy it. I can promise you that. Well, thank you very much, Sean. And, and to everybody listening, I'm Shane Canfield, CEO of WEPA, and we'll, uh, Talk to you next time on the Lessons in Leadership podcast.